When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Hoping we're finding everybody in good form and getting on with this lockdown and staying at home and that everybody is smiling because that's that's what we've got to try and do. There's not a lot more we can do at times. John Paul and Sadie are taking your calls at 1850-333-103. Anything you want to share with us, your thoughts, welcomed throughout the morning, you can text or WhatsApp to 0862-103-103. And looking through the papers this morning, the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar, this is a according to a front page story in the Irish Independent is walking a tight rope between major health concerns and mounting financial pressures that really have divided the nation over the ongoing lockdown and this is the same in every country it's almost health versus the economy you know life versus the economy and we're seeing it in all countries they're having the same disputes and arguments and what do you put? Do you you put the health and life of the nation ahead of the economy? Somewhere you've got to try and get a balance uh, between the two. Leo Varadkar, it seems his own cabinet is deeply split on how to address the health and the economic implications of this COVID-19 pandemic. It is a microcosm, says the Indo, of wider society as many family and businesses are just clamouring to try to return to some sense of normality. And I think that's what we all want. We want to feel that life has returned to normal. But I think deep down we know it's going to be a long, long time before life returns to normal. And then you kind of get a reality check when you look at the death toll and the number of lives that have been lost in all around the world but in this country to coronavirus 59 was the figure that we got uh, yesterday even though because when I heard the number 50, when I heard there was 59 deaths my instant reaction was wow that's a very high number of deaths in 24 hours but of course it wasn't in the last 24 hours uh, some of the deaths had gone back to the beginning of April and I think 19 were actually from last Sunday but 59 families absolutely devastated coming to terms and their their lives take a long long time before their lives uh, return to normality it brings the overall figure deaths in this country to 1,159 and that gives us that brutal reminder that the health battle that we are fighting is far from being won. And then there was another added complication yesterday that I think is quite worrying and one that we may hear more about. This is to do with healthcare workers who have tried and exhausted all efforts to try to secure uh, child care. They've now been told that they can take paid leave. Now this could see 
hundreds of workers, many of them nurses, opt to stay at home, leaving the hospitals and leaving the nursing homes without key uh, staff. And many of the nurses have been very vocal in saying, you know, the creches are closed, particularly the younger nurses who have younger children. Creches are closed. They can't drop their children to the creche. Then there's another cohort of childminders who would have been the, the nanas and the, gran- the, the nanas and the granddads parents who grandparents who were looking after their children for their sons and daughters they're out of the loop now particularly if they're over 70 and they're cocooning they're also out of the loop if they're you know beyond two kilometres than where their adult son or daughters are living and there's been a huge problem for our frontline staff in wanting to go to work and who would look after their uh, children. So they will be given the choice now that they can stay at home, mind their children, and they will get paid for it. And you're thinking, if you've got nurses and doctors under a lot of pressure on the front line and they're given that option, I wonder how many people will decide, yeah, I'll stay at home and I'll, I'll look after my children instead. Chief Medical Officer Dr Tony Hoolan, we, we wait on his word every single day. He said the impact on jobs and older people. He said it is when weighing very heavily on him as strict measures to slow down the spread of the virus are implemented. He said, we do understand that people are being put out of work. We do understand that people are losing their jobs. And he said all of those are part of the consideration with the recommendations that they make. Because, of course, they must make the recommendations to government, you know, from the National Public Health Emergency Team. They need to weigh everything up and then they make their recommendations. It's interesting to hear him say that it's not just the health they're not just looking at the health implications they are very conscious of what's going on in people's lives with people losing their jobs very conscious of what's going on with older people and cocooning so Dr Houlihan said we still have a way to go he did accept that the incidence of the virus has been reduced. We are and have flattened uh, the curve, but still a long way to go. He said we still have high numbers being diagnosed uh, from the nursing home sector and from the population generally. And it really is the nursing home sector and residential care, I think, is where the big focus is going to be for the next uh, while as we continue to monitor what's going on in the um, in the general population. And then the Irish Times are really taking on their front page story a much more more in-depth look at the the gradual exit from lockdown and they talk about the different phases that are going to be between now and it looks like right up to September we'll still very much be talking about COVID-19. According to the Irish Times they say the early stages of planning that have been discussed by Neffet could see retailers, cafes and restaurants reopen now on a very limited basis with the tourist industry also reopening again on a very limited basis but that would be in the mid stages of the opening up of uh, lockdown but the tourist industry from what I can gather and see will be for the home market I can't see many people coming to this country I don't think we're going to have people coming from overseas likewise I can't see any of us going overseas so if anybody wants to get a bit of a holiday this year and if any of the tourist industry opens up it is going to be the de- the domestic market now the phases according to the Irish Times are broken down as an initial phase which is what I imagine that we're in at the moment then there's the early phase stage one then there's the early phase stage two then there's going to be a mid- middle phase and then there's going to be the late phases and the both the middle phase and the late phase and they've been broken down into even more stages so they really are getting very detailed in how we could open 
that industry up there then we'll take a look at maybe opening the restaurants up there and then move along to the next phase so it's, it is very very detailed initial draft of the plans are spacing the phases out in periods between early May so it'll be from next week when the, the 5th of May comes and we're into the next stage but they go right through until September now we don't have any dates I'm assuming each of these phases are probably going to be done in two week blocks and then they'll release They'll open up certain sectors and the two-week blocks, which would say be the first phase, early phase one. Wait and see how we get on with that. Take a look at the numbers and then move to the next phase. And I, I'm, my thinking would be it's probably going to be in two-week blocks. Any easing of restrictions, of course, will be entirely dependent on efforts to tackle the virus, the progress through the various uh, stages, and then they'll only be able to decide if they can move on to the next phase. The Taoiseach Leo Varadkar and our Health Minister Simon Harris speaking with the Cabinet yesterday said they've no indications that disease levels are low enough to enable any easing of restrictions between the the current phase we're in now and the ending of the lockdown on the 5th of uh, May. And officials, of course, are also conceding that delays in ramping up the testing capacity for COVID-19 is also a key factor. There had been, we had been told really, if you think back to when we went into this lockdown, which ends next Tuesday, we were told that by the time the 5th of May came, we would be in a position in this country where they would be testing, doing 100,000 tests a week. And now we're being told 100,000 tests a week are certainly not going to be achievable until mid-May, mid to late May. And that's holding up. And that frustrates me because I think if the rest of us are doing our bit and what's really holding back the opening up of this country is to do with the testing and having to have real-time testing, we need testing to be done. So if you present with symptoms, contact tracing immediately, you get tested, your contacts get traced, get tested, tested, get traced and tested and we do it all in a 24-hour period but in order to do that we need to be providing 100,000 tests a week and we're unfortunately not at that stage uh, uh, yet. Now under the latest draft, what are they looking at? The first phase, this is what would be announced on Friday and would kick in from next week, the over 70s and in fairness the over 70s have been doing fantastic with the cocooning. It looks like they will be allowed out for a walk but it's going to be on a no-touch basis. So it means they can go out but the social distancing is going to be very, very important to the older people. Outdoor workers, these are the builders, these are the gardeners that we spoke with yesterday. They should be allowed back to work from uh, next week. They're also talking of allowing a maximum of four people not from the same household to gather outside while obeying social distancing. So that basically would mean that you would be able to meet up probably with some of your family members if you wanted to, if you if you wanted to, or you could meet up with friends, maybe go for a walk or, you know, if a, if, if a cafe was open, go for a cup of coffee, but you will still have to do the social distancing. But they're talking about groups of four and no more. They're looking at the leaving search, classes for leaving search. They could go back, no, not full time back, but maybe go back for a couple of hours a day, maybe a day uh, a week. Um, again, there'll have to be social distancing. They're also talking about increasing the distance people can travel outside of their home for exercise. 
we're at two kilometres at the moment. They're saying that may go to five. It could even go to 10 uh, kilometres. They're also, of course, talking about retailers reopening next week. Some of them, the DIY stores and the garden uh, centres. And they're also going to talk about the allowing the other retailers, which had initially been deemed essential in the early round of restrictions. They are the repair shops um, and the ophthalmologists. They're also talking about allowing them to reopen at the moment they can only open for emergencies click and collect emergencies or for, for deliveries so that's some of what we can expect for next uh, week and then we're going to have to wait for what will they'll watch what happens over that two weeks and then they'll scale it up through the, the next phase after that the next phase then they say after that one would be in say in another two weeks time small retailers being allowed to open again limited number of staff. They will allow a limited number of customers onto the premises. In the second phase, again, we're talking maybe two, three weeks away, they may lift some of the restrictions so we can travel from our home. That might get increased to 20 uh, kilometres. They also say the next phase might see the reopening of Marts. That could uh, recommence. And then you move to the phase after that, That's when cafes and restaurants, we'd be well into June, I imagine, at that stage. They'd say they say cafe and restaurants, they may look at opening them again with social distancing and very strict cleaning rules being applied. But my worry there about allowing cafes and restaurants and saying social distancing. So that would mean cafes and restaurants, they could reopen, but they'd have to remove a lot of their tables to make sure that everybody's two metres apart. But I wonder, and we would have to talk to restaurant and cafe owners, would it be financially viable? I mean, you think of a small restaurant that, say, has, say, 50 tables. Say, with social distancing, they had to reduce the 50 tables to 25 tables. So that would be halving the number of customers they they could have in. You wonder, would they would they be able to make enough money to pay for all the overheads and all the bills if with half the amount of customers in. I mean, that's all something obviously that would have to be looked at. And then the middle phase, which brings us up into the summer, well into the summertime, that's kind of taking a look then at the tourism industry. They're talking at maybe hotels, hostels, caravan parks reopening. Again, all in a limited occupancy basis. Travel restrictions then, which would be further into August, would be lifted, which would give allow for any holidays or short breaks, which would be taken by family units only, but it would be at the latter end of the summer. So it would be, I suppose, well into August. And as we know, mass gatherings of over 5,000 people have already been effectively cancelled until September. So that would mean that all of your, your we know all of the festivals and concerts, etc., have all been cancelled. Later phases then would be things like pubs and offices. And again, they're saying social distancing would have to be uh, implemented. And cocooning. We can expect cocooning to last for the foreseeable future and the, the what seems to be all the experts are saying cocooning will remain in place until we have a vaccine or until treatments for COVID-19 have been found. And I know over 70s and the people who are cocooning and doing so well are not going to be too happy to hear hear that. But I think if they can in some way lift the restriction on the cocooning, I think allow people out, allow people get out and about for a 
for more and I know people are getting fresh air in their gardens but just to go out and have a walk and a little bit of exercise uh, and you know maybe even see I mean so the, you know, the, the social distancing will be important we won't be saying to older people you can go out and go visit your friends or whatever but if you were to meet a friend from a distance you could have a chat you know I think it's just to keep it's just to give them some sense of hope that their life can return to normal and it will return to normal one day and it's all been done to protect and look after our older people and those who are most vulnerable in our communities some people now you know speculating when with various shops open I'm I'm hairdressers is a big one I know for a lot of ladies whose locks need either to get a trim or the dyes there's a lot of um, natural unnatural blondes running around it this morning and, it, and everybody I haven't seen or heard anything as to when hairdressers and barbers uh, can reopen because it's going to be really really difficult isn't it for social distancing I mean there's no way you can do somebody's hair and remain two metres apart I don't know how and when they're going to get around uh, that one uh, somebody says Patricia I wonder will charity shops open up soon hopefully uh, they will there's some super charity shops all for very good uh, causes yeah and those charities are losing out on money as well. I would assume that the charity shops will fall in under retail and when we get to the stage which certainly isn't going to be this week um, the the phase after this one or the mid phase I think was it when they were talking about which is well into June they will, they, they will start looking at retail premises and allowing uh, a small retailers to reopen as long as there's a limited number of staff and customers into the premises. You know, you'd have to do social distancing, queuing outside, a bit like what we're doing at the supermarkets. So I'm assuming charity shops will fall into when the retail premises. It'll be the size of the store, that's because that's certainly what's happened in other countries. It's under so many square feet, smaller shops were allowed to open. Not certainly going to be announced on Friday, but maybe in the next phase of the phase after that, it'll be another a while anyway before we we see those small shops which would include charity shops before they reopen and uh, Texter says what about parents who live apart with young children any update on this please as I'm unable to see my grandson my son's child as uh, we live 20 miles apart oh, there are so many people in that bracket who are just desperate to see grandchildren and people who are so used to seeing grandchildren and grandchildren calling many times a week in some cases and I've heard of grandparents who have literally haven't seen their grandchildren since March and they are finding it heartbreaking. Again we're going to wait for a lifting of the restriction and when we can travel outside of our homes at the moment it's two kilometres and that's just for uh, exercise. They're saying that they may lift, they may extend that to five kilometres or ten kilometres outside of your home but if you're 20 miles apart that's going to be of no use uh, to you. We certainly are I would say into the summer June, maybe even further further into July before we we will be allowed to travel any further than that outside of our homes. Let's wait and see what gets announced though on Friday and maybe you could do a midway point of meeting midway without anybody breaching the uh, restrictions. But I feel for you, I really do. And you're not alone. You, there are just so many others feeling the very, very uh, same way. Now, can I thank a couple of people? The Someone was on to say a massive thank you, please, to the Donnerail COVID-19 volunteers. Listen to this. They've undertaken many trips to hospitals, both in Cork and Limerick, and they're delivering clothes to patients that can't get home. And they've, they're doing it seven days a week. Isn't that f- fantastic? And that's something that you don't think of when you go into hospital. 
and you need to have clothes washed or your, your nightwear and, you know, fresh pyjamas, whatever it is that you use in the hospital. We normally have family members in and out and you won't leave the hospital, you know, particularly if somebody's in for long term, you won't leave the hospital without a bag of washing. And then when you go back in to see the person the next day, you've got the fresh laundry for them. But you forget, of course, they've no visitors. There's nobody calling to the people uh, in the hospitals. That's a fantastic service. Well done. That's the Donnerwell uh, COVID-19 uh, vol- um, COVID-19 volunteers and I'm sure there's probably other community groups doing that as well and by the way the thing is you've mentioned Donnerwell I came across this somebody mentioned this to me uh, over the weekend and I took a look at it yesterday the Donnerwell Drama Society have put up one of their plays on well, there's one that I found on YouTube I don't know if they're going to put up more or not but it's their production of Nobody's Talking to Me and it's up on somebody filmed it when, whenever it was staged and it's up on YouTube for anyone to see which I thought what a very clever idea because amateur drama we would be at this time of the year would be would we still be in the festival the drama festival or would we be coming to the All-Ireland Finals around now but there's so many people missing amateur dramatics it's a huge huge hobby for so so uh, many people and it's always lovely to watch Amateur dramatics. I think some of the best acting that we have in this country is in is in our amateur dramatic uh, field. It really is great. So I took a look at it last night. Nobody's talking to me. If you just go on YouTube and put in Donnerell Drama Society, it'll pop up. I don't know, as I say, if any of the other drama groups in the area are doing something similar. But, you know, people are complaining that there's nothing on the TV. And, you know, it's only all repeats. And, I, you know, I'm fed up of, I want to watch something different. There's something lovely. As I say, nobody's talking to me by the Donnerell Drama Society up on YouTube. And here's a lovely email into Patricia at c103.ie saying, Hi Patricia, on this Saturday, 2nd of May at 2pm, Mullins Pharmacy in Canturk, now that was formerly Barty O'Sullivan's, will turn the key in its door for the final time. The shop has been part of our lives for generations. How many mouths watered at the sight of the barley glucose sticks in the glass jar on the shelf right inside the door, which Mrs. Barty was given to handing out one occasionally. Unfortunately, us cocooning citizens won't be there personally to say our goodbyes. So, Patricia, you might thank them for all their help and all their service down through the years. Now, this is from Mary Crowley. Thank you, Mary, for this. I unfortunately don't have the song that you were uh, requesting, Can't Talk My Home uh, Town. And actually, it was our own Tim Lynch's version that you were looking for. I unfortunately don't have it, have it. But I'm glad to mention it. And it's an end of an era I think for a lot of uh, people and Mary is right there will be many people cocooning you know who are not allowed out who would have been who are customers probably of Mullins Pharmacy in Cantor but would have grown up and would have been in and out when it was at Barty O'Sullivan's so um, just to acknowledge the fact that they are closing for the final time I don't know what the reasons or whatever is the retirement or what's going on but uh, it's Mullins Pharmacy in Cantor is what it's known it at the moment uh, for um, I hope it's for all the right reasons that they've decided to close maybe it's, it's, it's a, a retirement but we just want to publicly acknowledge them on behalf of all of their many many customers down through uh, the years it's this Saturday at 2 they are closing 1850 103 Sadie and John Paul are taking your calls text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 
Cork Today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. Egg quid is Farlin. Shaw Troer C103 Air Kirkig. Ha aglish nef padrags pol er hroj boil el lorna kaharach. Ha kaler naglish at hogoch sevien ocht giat sashaskashe. Marialer gach ata erndevishtig on dara gatach agason rune rate untach. Binja golni amask na multi dos na rodias farledi on the vagurkig er trip advisor. Agas isminik kuninter kershiser mar oat huenach. On hiadur elegmetu lorna kaharach. Tirchovada le sopel nef padr agas pol. Nukta quid denanicha is fari gurkig C103. The Chihuahua store is delivering by drone. Order online and leave out a full basin for next day delivery. Radio paints a picture, tells a story and delivers a message. C103 is here to inform and entertain during this difficult time. Many Cork businesses are still open and need to talk to their customers. We can help. Even with social distancing, we produce and broadcast radio ads safely every day. At C103, it's business as usual. So you can get back to business. Whether it's Chihuahua drone delivery or simple cost-effective advertising solutions. Email us today, sales at c103.ie or see our website. No Chihuahuas were hurt in the making of this, produced purely with sound effects and the power of radio. With C103. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Yesterday, uh, Olivia Kelleher wrote a lovely piece in the Irish Examiner about a family in Fumoy who two months ago were told their dying eight-year-old son had in the region of a week to live. The Murray family are now cocooning with him as they vow to cherish their remaining time together. And uh, Jamie's mum, Helena, joins me on the programme. Good morning to you, Helena. Morning, Patricia. Uh, you're, you're very welcome uh, to the programme. Uh, Thank you. Firstly, uh, how is Jamie doing today? Um, he had a rough night again last night and he's just after coming out of a seizure there now so I'm just keeping an eye on him. So a, a rough night for Jamie. De, de, describe what you mean by a rough night. What does what does that entail? It means he had four seizures. Um, he constant suctioning. I had to nebulise him. He didn't require oxygen last night but he's on a BiPAP machine as well and I had to keep an eye in case he was vomiting as well. Um, I don't know, can you hear him I there? I can hear him. Yeah. He's like cooing, well, yeah. And cooing, do, does yeah. that mean you get, did you get any sleep last night? Got about two hours on and off. Um, when he was good, like, but, uh, like, he's beside me, so I'm not really asleep. <laughs> I know, I know. Even no. when you get those two hours, it's, it's it's a fitful sleep. It isn't proper sleep. OK, no. just remind listeners, Helena, of the condition that Jamie was born with and the type of disabilities he's lived with all his little life. Yeah, so he has holioposencephaly, which means he has a cyst in the brain, which required a VP shunt to drain the fluid from his ventricles. He was born blind and deaf. Um, he's in a wheelchair. He's pig fed. He has had multiple pneumonias. He's had collapsed lungs. He's had about an average 14 operations to the brain. Um, and he has seizures and requires suctioning. He swallows. 
swallow is very bad. Um, and because of the cyst, his brain stem, and that's why he's deteriorating. And that's why we were told eight weeks ago that he didn't have long to live. His brain stem is getting weaker and weaker, um, which he will eventually just stop breathing. But when he was born, um, Helena, he wasn't expected to live very long. He wasn't even expected to be born alive. Um, we didn't. We went down. I had to have a section, and we went down to the room. We got blessed by the priest going down. We didn't bring nothing with us for him. Um, he's. I had to have a section because his head was the size of a fifteen-pound baby. Um, when he was born with all the fluid in the brain. So we were in the neonatal for two weeks, um, waiting and waiting for him to die then. And then we were sent to Temple Street to get a VP shunt in just for comfort measures. It was never going to fix him. Um, and ever since, it's a waiting game. Like He's, he's living on borrowed time since he was born. And when, what are good days like? For Jamie, and what what have they been like? Um, good days. He's full of smiles. Um, he's not crying. He's not in pain. He obviously can't speak to us, but when we're holding his hand, he grips it. Um, he coos, so he'd be cooing happy, kind of coos. Um. We haven't seen many of them lately, like, but when we do see them, then it's just like a breath of fresh air for us to see him happy again. Um, when his time is there, we're not going to resuscitate him. But at the moment, like, he's just out of a seizure now and he's just staring. Um, he's just looking up by the lights on for him. And I don't know, can he, he can see shadows, so I think he's happy looking at the lights at the moment. He's, he's peaceful. Yeah. And the, the do not resuscitate um, order. Yeah. Um, Alina, was was that a very hard decision? Very hard. Like it was, obviously we've been talking about it since he was born. Um, but we've caught like, the do not resuscitate forms have loads of things on it. So I have a letter now from my consultant. If we ever go into hospital, and it clearly states that he he we want to have active treatment for him for acute illnesses such as respiratory tract infections and seizures, but we do not wish to have him an ICU admission or CPR incubation or ventilation. Um, it just it just means that if he dies, we're not you know comfortably. But if obviously if he has a chest infection and stuff, we would treat him for it, yeah. just to make him comfortable. It's the hardest decision, I think, for any, any parent to have to have to sign a, um, a, a, a DNR. But yeah. it, but it's the kindest. It's you're doing you're doing it. You you don't want your child suffering. Nobody wants no. their child suffering. No, definitely not. Like it's hard to to see. Like it's always been hard to figure out what to do with him and like we've never given up on him it's not as if we're giving up on him we just feel that 
time is there. And it's very hard to accept that he will be, he will go. But as long as he's comfortable, we've done everything we can for him. There's nothing we can't say, we can't turn around and feel guilty for not doing everything for him. You've been, yourself and, and your husband Mark, you've been yeah. incredible. And, and of course there's, there's uh, let's not forget, there's the other two boys, the, the, yeah. two, the two big brothers. Yeah, Jack and Lucas. And they're great. They've been incredible as well. They've been amazing. They're very good with them. They love, like they hate seeing. Obviously, the isolation is very hard for them, and they hate seeing him in pain. They'd be cuddling up to him and trying to to make him feel better. Um, they have their good and their bad days themselves. Like it's very hard on all our our mental health being cocooned, or even eight weeks ago. We didn't hide anything from them. Like they obviously know everything that's happening with Jamie, um, because it wouldn't be such a shock to him then when he does pass. Um, and like they're so used to Mary Mount and palliative care team coming in and out of the house. Um, they just they're fantastic with him. They. And do you, are the palliative care team still coming in now that you're cocooning? No, okay. they're not. But he's on uh, liquid morphine when needed. But if it comes to the stage where his pain is so bad and it doesn't work, they'll come in and put him on the pump. We have everything in the house ready to go. But obviously for their safety and for Jamie's safety, they're not coming in and out of the house. But they ring us quite a lot. Yeah, they're they're great. So, how much support do you and Mark have? Um, we have a nurse. We had loads of nurses before the cocooning started, um, and we decided to stop for about four weeks. But then, one of our nurses who only comes to us and has been with us for years, but she doesn't go. She doesn't work in a hospital or nursing setting, nursing care setting. She comes into us now three nights a week at the moment, but I'm hoping to increase that um, by getting more PPE gear in and just making sure, like we're following all the recommendations from the hospital um, and what is good for him and obviously his immune system is so weak. I would hate to think that he will die from the COVID nineteen. Oh God, yeah, yeah. You know, but 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 having a nurse uh, come in means uh, Helena, and obviously you've got a great relationship going on with that nurse. Yeah, um, it means that you I and Mark. It means you and Mark can sleep. Yeah, we actually can sleep, and we're in the same same day, same, same night pattern. Yeah, and the boys they get to see their two parents together. Do you know? that one of us aren't in bed after being up all night with him. Yeah, because um, see, I, I would worry, I mean, listening to you, you can you can hear the exhaustion uh, in your voice. Um, yeah. Your immune system will be very low. I mean, when you're that exhausted, that's how you always pick up things yeah. with your immune system. I mean, Helena, if you or Mark, one or both were to get COVID-19. Oh, I'm, I'm petrified of it. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's no care... There's no support there for family carers for COVID-19. Um, there's no prioritising for testing or other support. And because we're so vulnerable, 
because of us and because of Jamie. Um, I'm actually so worried about it. I'm like, who's going to mind him if one of us gets sick or ends up in hospital, God forbid. There is nobody. Like, even before all this happened, our families, fantastic families we have, but they could not mind Jamie. They couldn't do what the extended needs that he has is in suctioning him, knowing what to do in a seizure situation. They wouldn't feel comfortable. There is nobody there for us bar the nurses that we have trained in to come in for him. So that's why it's so important to try and get them back into the house. And um, and because I remember last year, I remember mentioning your your go for you to go you have a GoFundMe yeah. page for yeah. the to, to cover the private um, to pay for the yeah. nurses. Is that is that still the same? Are you still paying for the nurses? I have, uh, sir. I have two nights with the HC and the other nights then I was seeing myself. So I was getting seven nights in after the the last time I spoke with you, and the GoFundMe page was set up. Um, the funds that were there were paying for the nurses to come in for the other nights that weren't being paid for by the HSC. So it was private nursing care. So that's what I'm hoping and to if, do again. And, you know, we go back again, and I probably said it at the time, if Jamie was full-time in hospital, it would cost yeah. so much more than paying for a nurse to oh, go in. I mean, and that's what you need. You need a nurse every night so that yeah. if you can get you, Mark, and sleep, and it's just it's 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 night and day, literally the yeah. difference that, that 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 it will make. And in the piece in the paper yesterday, Helena, you are you short PPE gear? I have not received any PPE gear from anywhere, nowhere. Nobody's given me PPE gear. Um, the nursing agency, the public health nurse, nobody has given me PPE gear. Now, since yesterday, there was a few people got on to me and they've sent me PPE gear and I'm so appreciative of it. Um, and I just need to get more to get more nurses in for safety. Yeah, because at least if yeah. they have all of the gear, I mean, and that's what you're doing. You're trying to protect yeah. Jamie and obviously you're trying to protect um, uh, yourself. Yeah. Um, and you don't know how long more... No. Jamie. Yeah. 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 It's just and I, like, I can hear him. He's he's yeah, uh, he sounds in, in lovely form today. Yeah, he's out of the season now, so he's Today might be a good day. Hopefully, yeah. And like on our good days, following all the recommendations from the hospital the good days, which aren't many like, but we do bring him out for a walk following recommendations. The consultants bring our monitors, oxygen, suction, and we just keep them obviously separate within our own distance from people. Um, but like other days, he needs suctioning constantly, and his oxygen levels would be too low to go anywhere. Um, which he's twenty-four hour care, seven days a week, and we're really struggling. And we're I'm sick of fighting constantly for support for him. It's just, it takes so much out of you to fight for everything. Um, it's just so wrong. You have enough to be doing looking after Jamie and your other children without having to fight the system. Yeah. 
It's uh, desperately, desperately frustrating. And I just, I think of people who are complaining because they're stuck indoors on their couch watching Netflix all day and they want the lockdown to end. I want them to think of your little family today. I wish that was normal for us. Yeah. <laughs> I really want people to think of, of you and Jamie and the rest of the family today and realise that's why the rest of us are, are staying indoors to stop yeah. this COVID-19 and, and get rid of it. Yeah. Listen, we, we will continue to keep you in, in our thoughts and prayers, um, Helena. Thank you. And uh, thanks for taking time out to talk to us. Thanks very much. And thank you to all the listeners. Okay. Bye. Take care. Take care. That is uh, Alina uh, Murray who joins us from uh, from Oi. It's just heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Cocooning at home with her little boy who doesn't have long left and uh, just hoping that they can keep COVID-19 uh, away from their door. 1850 103 Cork Today on C103 With Mallow College Now enrolling for courses in September Plan your future education See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie Because the vast majority of people have heeded the advice of the experts we've been able to interrupt the spread of the virus but unfortunately we have not stopped its spread So today's message is that we cannot be complacent and we cannot lose focus. What we're doing is difficult, but it is making a difference. We need to persevere, and we need to maintain our discipline and resolve. We live in challenging times. Look out for each other and stay safe. Be responsible. Follow COVID-19 guidelines and stay with us. We'll update you with the latest advice and measures from official sources. We're online, on your phone, smart speaker and radio. C103. And thank you for some listeners who've contacted us to say they will be thinking of uh, little Jamie and Helena and Dad Mark and uh, Lucas and Jack, uh, the big brothers, and they are Jamie's two big brothers, they're only 10 and 14. Somebody says, we'll pray for Helena, Jamie and all the family. People just don't know how lucky they are. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, it just puts it on to perspective when we're giving out about when will life ever return to normal? And then you think of what that family uh, are going through. Um, a couple of hours sleep last night that I'd say she didn't even, you know, you think you're getting a little bit of sleep and she's not. You could just you could hear the exhaustion, couldn't you, uh, in, her fa- in, in her voice. God love her. Uh, it's tough. Yeah, it, it, some families get a, a really tough, cross to carry uh, in this life and and they do it and they do it so well and you know to hear her say uh, to hear Alina say she's she's tired of fighting and she shouldn't have to fight she should not have to fight her focus should just be on little Jamie and whatever time they've left together but she certainly shouldn't be here on the radio looking looking for PPE gear so that she can get nurses in to give her a little bit of a break what, what is wrong with our system that a family like that can be let down and that's she has been they have really been let down by the system Okay, we need to take a break and uh, go to news at 11. It, uh, our phone lines remain open. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. We are going to, in the next hour, uh, actually we're going to focus on the Sun newspaper today. They put out a really good edition of the paper where they are highlighting all of our unsung heroes, all of the people that are keeping this country afloat so that life can continue somewhat during the COVID-19 pandemic. Court Today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. Make C103 part of your drive home with up-to-date traffic information and local news, your input in selecting our feel-good song of the day, plus our feel-good story and as many of Cork's greatest hits that we can fit into three hours. Join me, Martina O'Donoghue, every weekday from 4 to 7 on C103. 
You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. The Irish Sun newspaper is today honouring our frontline heroes by dedicating their entire edition to showcase their tireless efforts to save lives and to keep us all safe. Kieran McDade is the editor of the Irish Sun and uh, Kieran joins me. Good morning to you, Kieran. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Well, you're, you're very welcome. Well done, by the way, on this one. It's, it's a lovely, lovely idea. Uh, and frontline heroes, they're not just our nurses and doctors. Exactly. And that's the thing. I guess we're trying to sort of shine a light on that. Uh, it's sort of championing the ordinary people doing extraordinary things. So I guess obviously every day in our hospitals, you know, nurses, doctors, of course, they're doing, you know, they're, they are facing, they really are at the front line. They're sort of facing God knows what. And we're, you know, we're, we're very grateful for all their service. But I guess we're also just trying to, you know, share that spotlight out and go, well, well who else is kind of going above and beyond? So we've got the Gardaí who are starting to do more. We've got the Defence Forces who are doing taking on more duties. And then we've got all the people doing, you know, what would have been ordinary jobs before this crisis that now are all of a sudden, you know, front line and absolutely crucial. So, you know, we've spoken to Postman John Morris, who's, you know, as well as, you know, delivering the post. Now he's checking in, you know, it's become a crucial part of his day to check in on people. Uh, maybe people, the older people who are cocooning, making sure they're okay. So, like that's he, he's taken on more. We've got delivery driver Derek Vaughan. He's you know uh, just keeping the supply chain open, making sure there's milk and bread in the shops. That you know becomes co- so crucial now as well. Uh, shop worker Adrian Adrian Murray, Mooney. He's you know she says you know she goes to work. She works in the supermarket. And she goes into work every day like feeling positive, uh, but just not knowing anymore what the day is going to bring. So. It's all these people, and then we have a brilliant uh, bus errand, bus driver, a uh, guy called Paul Milan, and like, he admits, you know, he's a bit worried who's getting on the bus today, but he's proud to, you know, play his part, and he's, you know, he's, he's giving people, now people are relying on the bus service to take them to hospital for uh, hospitals and stuff, so it's just, it's all the people just going that extra mile, I guess, to to keep us all safe, yeah. And, and what I love, you know, reading some of the articles today, it's very much giving the readers a feel of how these wonderful people are coping in the in these challenging times because it's very challenging for them. Absolutely, and like that's that's thing we're we're all starting now. This pandemic, God, what a nightmare it's been, and you know, it's it's made everybody change the way they live, and it's you know give give us all restrictions and. And so it, it, it's so frustrating at times. And I know a lot of people, you know, are getting frustrated now, waiting for the May 5th and see if there'll be any listening of the restrictions. But like, I guess this is a reminder, too, that these people are out there every day to give us the option that we can at least stay at home. You know, so like it's 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 the people, it's our neighbours who are doing what would have been seen as, you know, just ordinary jobs that are at least giving us the chance that we can stay at home, stay safe. And then it's we've spoken to them and we've just tried to speak to as many people as we can just to get exactly that the, the challenges they face because you know they you know a person who works in a shop or a per, like a postman or a, or a postwoman or a bus driver like they you know they've got to show up for work so you know they they don't have that option it's just that sort of added pressures on them in their daily work yeah. 
That's why it saddened me this week when we, it was one of the first interviews we did on Monday morning speaking with a, a local super value owner uh, trying to get the message out to people just a small minority but still they're there that you need to be kind to these workers and don't be abusing them just because your temper is a little bit frayed don't take it out on retail staff. Absolutely and, and listen you know it, it, people, you can understand people being frustrated at the minute and, and that's you know like it's it's tough it's tough on everybody in different ways and childcare and schools, you know, parents under pressure, older people not, you know, they're all the restrictions they're facing, but you're absolutely right. Like that's, we, we just got to, I guess what we're kind of trying to do is just to exactly to shed the light on like everybody's got their challenges and like, these are real people. These are our neighbors. They're like, they're working hard for us in a way. So just to try to remember to be kind and, and to be honest, I hope, Maybe one of the legacies of this whole uh, pandemic nightmare might be that, you know, we actually realise that, you know, shop workers, uh, rubbish collectors, you know, bus drivers, they're all, they're all like absolutely crucial. And hopefully maybe, you know, that'll be reflected in their, their pay and how they're valued going forward. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm assuming why we can, you know, we're constantly calling them um, heroes and frontline heroes. And I even said it in my introduction piece. Do many of these workers, particularly the ones in the hospitals, do they not see themselves as heroes? No, no, no. It definitely, that's something in fairness that comes through, you know, right across when you're speaking to these people. They don't see, they're doing their job. And that's, you know, very much... That's the kind of constant refrain. We're just doing our job. Uh, it, I guess it's just they're still working the way they always have, but the circumstances around them have changed. So now, you know, we're relying on them more and more. So in, fair, in fairness to them, uh, they're certainly not calling themselves heroes, but I think, you know, I think I think we can, yeah, because, you know, some of the stuff, I can't imagine going in to face, a, you know, an A&E ward nowadays or a COVID ward, imagine going in in the morning to face... You, you wouldn't know what you're about to face. So yeah, and I, and they and all of them, like all the different professions that you mentioned, that are anyone dealing with the public every yeah. day, they go to work and they don't know if they're going to bring COVID nineteen back home with them to their loved ones. Absolutely, and like that, that's the thing. Again, you, like you're absolutely right. The like we we can you know in our daily lives we can try to do our best to limit our interactions with people or you know keep social distancing. We can do as much as we can ourselves, but a, a lot of the people have mentioned in a lot of their jobs, it's not really possible, you know, like employers take as much, uh, you know, efforts as they can to uh, facilitate all these rules and regulations, but they're, they're at a certain point, you know, you're pretty close to random people and you really don't know who's coming in the door or who's getting on your bus or whose door you're about to knock on, so absolutely, there's a, yeah, there's a, like there's an added, there's an added pressure and an added stress. Uh, just going about your normal uh, daily job. Well, well done for putting this edition uh, together. It's in uh, today's Irish Sun, where they salute the unsung legends of uh, lockdown. I was just looking at, when I was looking through, I went to the end of the paper. You've managed to fill a lot of the sports pages. Is that one of the hardest things at the moment? Filling the sports pages. <laughs> it, it is. It is. I'm not, not going to lie to you. It certainly is. Um, but, you know, I guess that's that's another chance to, you know, we're all innovating in a way, and I'm sure you guys have had to change the way, you know, you put your show together as well. Uh, it's just now there's a lot more focus on nostalgia and the good old days, because to be honest, I, I, I think sport 
is often seen as an escape, you know, from the day, day-to-day pressures and a bit, a bit of escapism where we can sort of forget about the daily stresses and sort of invest in a team. So the beauty of nostalgic sport, we're looking back at the good old days, mm. you know, a great result. Uh, sometime our team, you know, either the national team or the particular team you follow, and, the, you know, we've tried to do a lot of the great, you know, greatest teams of various era, eras and stuff. So they're always talking points and trying to give people still something of interest to, you know, spark a bit of conversation, have a bit of crack. And you even have some racing, runners and riders uh, racing today at Happy Valley in Hong Kong. Who knew? Well, listen, <laughs> Happy Valley, it's, a, it's aptly named. <laughs> and you've no, you haven't got a tip for us, no? Unfortunately, no. Not, no. <laughs> Listen, uh, Kieran, it was a great pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for that, and good luck with the paper today. It's, it was a, uh, it's a lovely, lovely idea, and I know it'll be much appreciated, particularly by those workers. So, thank you for that. Thanks, Thanks a million. Bye bye. Bye bye. That is uh, Kieran McDade, who is the editor of the Irish Sun. If you're out buying a paper today, keep a lookout for it, where, where they salute the unsung legends of lockdown. And that's what we all need to do because any of those people heading out to work every single day and they are putting their own lives at risk so that we can continue with uh, our lives. OK, can I get to some of your calls? that are coming into us and I don't know are we near to a full moon or something because there just seems to be a lot of angry people out there and I know John Paul has great faith in the full moons and the new moons and he's always able to tell me and he actually has a special calendar out where he tracks the full moon and the new moon because he says the, the way the calls change in the days coming up to a full moon or a new moon and I know we giggle and we make jokes about it but honest to God sometimes it really the moon can have some such an effect on people and I'm assuming lockdown is having an effect on people uh, as well but we just all need to take a bit of a breath and just relax a little bit but some people are complaining uh, Michael O'Sullivan the lovely Michael O'Sullivan from Castletown Bear regular regular texture to the programme has been on to say Patricia hi I've just had a few phone calls from people who tried to ram it down my throat that you said that's me at the top of the programme this morning that all those places that you were speculating about will all reopen next week on the 5th, 6th of May. What is wrong with people? Can they listen to what you're actually saying? Nobody knows what or who will be allowed back to work or who will be allowed out or what will be open or what will remain closed. It's only speculation. Remember, there is such a thing as cabinet confidentiality. Don't believe everything you read in the paper. The whole, their whole purpose is to print what the people want to read in order to sell the papers. And that's Michael in Castletown Bear. And I thought at the top of the programme when I was saying to people, I thought I made it very clear that this is the speculation. This is what we, we are likely to hear but certainly I think all of the indications are pointing from everything that's come out from Neil Varadkar and from Simon Harris and, and anyone in, in government circles and anyone from, from Neffet you know Tony Houlihan any of those Paul Reid there will be some loosening of restrictions on the 5th of May but it will be a very small number of restrictions will be lifted but for what we can gather the plan is uh, is this road map of where they're planning to go two weeks after that when we get into the middle of May, two weeks after that when we get into the start of June, the middle of June, the end of June, the middle of July. And I think what they're planning, and hopefully, but again, it's all speculation, it's 
they're going to give us an idea of what that roadmap looks like. And that's what I was talking about this morning. This is what the roadmap is likely to be. But again, it is absolutely speculation. And I was giving it out in the hope that it would give some hope to people that our lives will one day return to normal. But it is going to take quite some time. Somebody else wants to know, um, says, Hi Trish, when will confirmations be back? My grandson was supposed to get his last Monday. The last we were on, and this was last week, and we and we tried to keep in regular contact with them, is the, the, the diocese who decide Cork and Ross and, and Cloyne and they decide whether communion confirmations are going to go ahead. I know some individual parishes have come out themselves and said no we're not going to have communion, First Holy Communion. They've already cancelled the First Holy Communions. So there's absolutely no date except that we know all communions and confirmations are on hold but there's no, I mean I don't even think they will get down to giving dates for First Holy Communions and confirmations until at least the churches reopen. I'm assuming they'll wait for the churches to reopen and then they'll set out calendars and diaries and obviously for the confirmations, the bishops are going to be under a lot of pressure uh, to get around to all of the confirmations but as of yet, no, there's been no new dates given for confirmations or for First Holy Communions. And she's staying on churches. Somebody else says, Trish, why did the churches close? There really was no need for them to close the, chur- close the churches. At the end of the day, there's only a few people going in and out to pray. I hope they reopen them soon stay safe. Now I remember when the churches were closed we got on to the priests because initially they were allowing the Sunday Mass stopped, remember that? But there was weekday Masses and then the churches were open so people could go in and out to pray. But one of, And then when we got on to the various churches and dioceses and parishes to find out why the churches were all locked up because I myself one Sunday had gone out for a little walk and decided I'd go into the church to light a candle to discover the church was, uh, was locked. And the, they said at the time the main reason for the closing of the church was to do with fear of spreading the virus. That if somebody came in who was carrying the virus, mightn't have had any symptoms. You know, in the early stages, you can have coronavirus and not have any symptoms. But if somebody came in and got, you know, knelt down, said their prayers, whatever, maybe lit a few candles and they left droplets somewhere in the church, there was no way that the church could guarantee that they the cleaning of it. You'd nearly have to clean after after every time somebody came in or out of the church. So there's never that reason. It was to stop the spread of coronavirus was the reason that the churches were all forced to uh, close. And then on cocooning, because I mentioned cocooning earlier and the much speculation is that people over the age of 70 that they will hopefully be able to go out for a walk they're saying on a no-touch basis as long as social distancing is adhered to. But it is hoped that that's going to be announced when Leo Varadkar talks to the nation on Friday. A listener picks me up on the way I phrased that this morning and says, cocooning is not a legal requirement. It can't be. It's a recommendation. So why the terminology that older people may be let out for a walk I leave my dog out for a walk. And uh, you were right to pick me up on that. And my apologies if I, if I said that. I didn't mean that an older person would be, would be let out for uh, a walk. But it was, I phrased it wrong. My apologies. If, but it was the easing. I think you know what, I'm, what I was trying to get across. It would be there would be an easing of restrictions. And I know we have a lot of people in that over 70s who are cocooning and who are doing brilliantly and are sticking religiously to the letter of the law the recommendations are that they stay indoors and that's exactly what they are doing. And I know we've had a lot of over 70s saying, do you think there's any hope that there'll be any easing of those restrictions so that we will be able to get out for a walk? So my apologies 
case if I did say that that an older person will be let out for a walk of course there's nothing about letting somebody out if they want to go out for a walk uh, or not and you're right to pick me up on it so my apologies on that one uh, but, and then somebody else or oh, just stay on cocooning though Mary says my mother is 90 once a week we go for a drive nothing wrong with that we went up Glenanar another time we went to visit a graveyard on our own and home again it was great and particularly it was a lovely nice sunny day so it was great to get out in the sunshine and see all the lovely scenery Mary and the gardens Mary said I've also noticed there's a lot of renovations going on in people's houses at the moment with uh, people being at home and uh, off work at the moment so there's a lot of home renovation and gardens been done and, and absolutely there is and yes Mary absolutely you're, you've, you and your mother have decided that she's not going to stick to the cocooning as as she's been asked to do and again and we've mentioned that you can't force anyone these recommendations are there people over 70 have been asked not to do that in the letter of the law in the even though not the letter of the law but in the true terms of the recommendations on cocooning your mother shouldn't even be out going for a drive but you're not the only one doing it and I've heard of other people doing it as well and see absolutely nothing wrong with it and if you didn't meet up with anyone and you're you're making sure that she's not going to come across anyone that would have COVID-19 and that's the reason for the cocooning is to keep the older person uh, safe and then this one I have to say annoyed me John Paul got a call this morning about this And this is to do with families who have an autistic child or an autistic adult. Many of those families have been given a letter from their um, provider, you know, where they get their, say, daycare services from. And the example that was used by the woman who contacted us this morning was St. Joseph's Foundation in Charleville. They've issued letters to families who have a child with autism to say that they are allowed to travel beyond the two kilometre rule of their house if the young person needs to get out for exercise. And this caller rang up John Paul and thought that was very unfair that if the rest of us are not too allowed to travel outside the two kilometre why should a family with an autistic child be allowed to travel outside the two kilometre rule? And I was just I had to actually check with John Paul that I was reading the comment properly. I could not believe that anyone would take a family with an autistic child or an autistic adult to task because they're being perceived to get preferential treatment because they're allowed to go outside of the two kilometre rule. And the reason actually that 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 came in was the As I Am, you know, the support group for uh, for people living with autism. Actually, that's Adam Harris, isn't it? It's Simon Harris's brother. They actually wrote, as I am actually put in a, a question to the Minister for Health over the COVID-19 restrictions, specifically for individuals on the spectrum and those that would have additional needs. needs. And it was to do with that two kilometre rule. And they pointed out that for many um, autistic families and people with autism and their families, they, they're very concerned about the, you know, the legal requirements around social distancing and also the fact that some individuals may not be able to cope if they're unable to keep to a routine such as visiting a a favourite place or going out for a drive. So the department came back very, very quickly indeed and say that they're very aware that the current restrictions are difficult for everyone but in particular for adolescent children with disabilities and with that in mind they have, there are additional with that in mind they they have allowed a break, if you could call it a break in the restrictions, they can they, they have allowed that they provide for people with disabilities and are, are their carers who might have additional needs and may, may need to access outdoor breaks and, and times so they are allowed to go out 
beyond the two kilometre rule because when the restrictions, the additional restrictions first came in, one of the points that was included was that you could leave your home and go outside to the two kilometre rule for vital family reasons and one was providing care for children, for elderly and vulnerable people and they felt that that also covered people with additional needs like people on the spectrum and people with uh, disabilities and they actually suggested that if required local services like St Joseph's Foundation could provide a letter to parents or carers confirming that the person is a service user with special needs and would benefit from additional outdoor breaks for health reasons like going out for a drive and they also reckon that the Gardaí will be very pragmatic in their approach to a situation like that but I could not believe that somebody actually picked up the phone and took the time to ring John Paul this morning to say wanted to say that they think that that's unfair that families who are, have a child with a disability who've been issued with this letter to allow them out beyond the two kilometres is not fair because this person can't go out beyond the two kilometres just uh, the mind boggles the mind absolutely boggles when I see and, and hear something uh, like that it's just it's crazy absolutely uh, crazy. Okay. Also want to very quickly get to another text that came in this morning and it was one of our first texts in if I can find it. Where is it gone? Uh, Here it is. Hi Patricia. I want to know what's happening with driving tests. Do you think there will be an amnesty like there was many years ago? I think there should be. I think if older people who say have done their test two or three times before and barely failed, that they might be given a full licence instead, especially when they're only driving very locally. Lots of older people never did a test. They were given a licence in the post when that amnesty was introduced. It's just an idea for older people. You could let all the younger drivers sit their tests when all this is over. Will it happen? What do you think, Patricia? Love your show uh, and stay safe. Um, I I love the fact that you're dividing the group, that if there's going to be an amnesty on driving licence, you're only going to give it to the older people, not to the younger people. And only to the older people who barely failed their tests. You you, you either fail, you either pass or or you fail. Anyway, uh, and I'm assuming you're falling into that category. Are you one of those people who perhaps if there was an amnesty would be able to claim a full licence? I can can tell you now it, it, it won't happen. And I tell you why it won't happen. And just to remind people, because I'm always conscious there will be people of a certain generation who are never aware that this happened. There was a driving test amnesty and it was back in the autumn of 1979. The then Minister for the Environment, a gentleman by the name of Sylvester Barrett, he introduced an amnesty for all they were provisional licences as they were called at the time they were holders of a second provisional licence and the reason for it it was an effort to cut the waiting list for the driving test there was just a huge number of people applying for driving tests they, they, I don't know whether they didn't have enough testers or people kept failing their tests and keep have, had to go back again and again and again so they decided there would be an amnesty and it was only for people who had a second provisional or more second, third, fourth or fifth provisional and at the time that's the way the system operated 45,000 motorists took up the amnesty. So 45,000 people got a full licence having never, ever sat their test. And every now and again, whenever there is a kind of a lengthy delay for the driving test, I'll get calls in from the programme saying, Patricia, do you you think they'll do that driving test amnesty again and just give everyone a full licence? And they can't and they won't because there was an EU directive brought in that made, after 1979 now, made that scheme invalid so they could never happen again. It was a once off and it will never ever happen again. So to anybody out there hoping and praying that uh, 
a driving test amnesty would be reintroduced again. You're whistling into the wind because it's it's not going to happen. And what's been happening with the driving test, they're all suspended for the moment. And it's and if your driving licence runs out, and it's the same for anybody on there. Uh, driver permit it just gets extended if you stop by the guards and it's out of date it's okay you don't have to worry about it you're not going to be prosecuted or pick up penalty points or anything like that because the driving licence and your um, NCT they've all been suspended at the moment and no date no date or time and when that'll be back that will be back particularly the driving test because very hard isn't it to social distance inside in the car because the tester has to be in the front seat with the driver and it's impossible to be six six feet apart. Now, whether it'll come back and they'll introduce it that the the driver obviously is in the driving seat and could the tester be in the back seat? Do you know, on the other side in the back seat? Would you, wouldn't, you still wouldn't be six feet apart, would you? Might, you might just be. Anyway, but as of now, no. No dates for new driving licence are NCTs. 1850-333-103. John Paul and Sadie taking your calls, text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. C103 Jobs. PE Global Healthcare, they're recruiting for a community intervention team manager and a practice nurse. That's a part-time job in the Cork City area. Caulfield Supervalue, that's in the Riverview Shopping Centre in Bandham. They're looking for online drivers. Applicants must have a clean driver's licence. You need to be flexible and be able to work weekends and weekdays. And industrial plumbers are wanted for County Limerick. The job is due to start in early May. Experience in working large-scale commercial projects needed. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Mallow College. Now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. And a listener wants to know, does anybody know, will there be holy water outside of churches to collect for May Eve? Tomorrow, when when what do you make me this tomorrow? Um, I've no way of knowing, I, I, and and there's no point just even saying we'll get onto the diocese because that's going to be an individual church response. I would assume that you contact your local parish priest to see if they can make any collection system available for people who want holy water for uh, May Eve. If anybody does know of individual churches giving out holy water for May Eve, please uh, let us know. Now, Gardaí are investigating an attempted COVID-19 email scam on county councillors, which was swiftly brought to their attention when one of them became suspicious of the supposed sender of the email request. The Middleton-based councillor Susan McCarthy from Fine Gael uh, joins me more to outline this story. Good morning to you, Susan. Good morning, Patricia. Um, How are you? I'm very well. Now, firstly, tell me about the email and what was the content of the email and what were they looking for? Money, obviously. Well, they were looking for money, but it was deliberately kind of very, very vague at the start. The email was sent out and just kind of said, hi, Susan, um, I need your help with something. Can you please get back to me? Um, could you please email me back? So immediately, <laughs> I was my my uh, I, alarm bells rang immediately because the counsellor that they actually chose they obviously didn't know the particular councillor that they chose to pretend to be because this particular councillor, you know, is elderly and he's a gentleman and, you know, he does not actually use technology at all. He uses an old typewriter, would you believe? So he doesn't, he wouldn't be on email. But because he's elderly and because he, you know, may have been cocooning and may have had somebody, well, he would be, he is cocooning. But because, you know, he may have had somebody set up an email, I said, well, yeah. look, but I have to I have to take it in good faith. 
you know, I, I want to, you know, if he does need my help, I want to, to, to be there for him. So I was very careful. I checked, I checked the email address and, you know, just to see was there anything kind of unusual in it. Because sometimes the scammers, they kind of have unusual email addresses. Yeah. But it just looked to be, you know, his name at, at uh, whatever it was. I think it was at um, Gmail. Or that, yeah. Yeah. So I said, OK, that looks OK. I'll, 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 I'll get back to him. It doesn't look, it's not a suspicious one where, you know, they could catch me straight away just by responding. So I responded and then it was the <laughs> the email I got back. I kind of said, OK, well, look, at, you know, this is definitely um, a scam. A scam. Because, what, what, what was it? So what they were looking for was um, they were looking for iTunes vouchers, 10 iTunes vouchers to the value of 100 euros each. Wow. Um, so that immediately, I knew then absolutely 100% wouldn't have been this particular gentleman. And what was, the, what was the purpose, purpose, the purpose oh, of the I, iTunes vouchers? This is another thing. It was kind of for, for people who were in palliative care in COVID-19. Um, it, it, it was a very strangely worded um, kind of make-yuppie kind of name. There was no particular hospital mentioned, no particular state agency. It was, you know, it was just very makey-uppy, you know. Yeah. You'd know straight away, you know, and th- th- this particular person, you know, he has worked with charities over a number of years, so he would actually know, he would, you know, he would, yeah. he would know yeah. who he was referring to her. But also for him to be asking for iTunes vouchers straight away, somebody who's not techie at all, you know, I, I knew, I knew. So, so I, what, I what did you do? Yeah what, yeah, what did you do at that stage? Well, my first port of call would be the counsellor that he would be closest to. Um, I, I, I phoned him just to see, you know, because I, I didn't want to upset the the, the the gentleman in question. So I rang another counsellor who, who would help him out a lot. And I just said, look at him, just giving you the heads up. Did you by any chance get one? Now, he hadn't received an email, but then I rang two other female counsellors in the district. As it happens, now that's just coincidence okay. that we were all female. Um, they, and they had, they, they had just got them in after I rang them. Um, and I know it wasn't just because we were females, because it did happen in other municipal districts across the, the, the county as well. And there were, you know, there were there were um, male recipients as well. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, it was basically making sure that corporate affairs, they, they sent an alert out to everybody, to all councillors. Um, and because I there was other there was other fake emails from purporting to be from other councillors outside of the gentleman you're talking about as well. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That would be online, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, look, quite believable, possibly for some, but thank God, you know, nobody nobody fell for it. I think you know we got the alert out fairly fast, and as it happens, um, I was dealing with the guardy uh, over another issue, so I just mentioned it, and they said, look, we have a detective. Um, we we'll, we we'll get we we'll get started on this straight away. So the the account in question or accounts, the account has been frozen. There's not much now will happen at the moment because I suppose Google it's Gmail and because they're inundated with attempted fraud worldwide since wow. this epidemic started. Apparently, you know, attempted fraud has increased just exponentially. So that's why you know I'm delighted that you 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 wanted to speak about it today. I want to just get the message out there to people. Be very, very careful because they're looking now at a time when people are most vulnerable. Now they're looking to actually target people and, you know, take advantage of people's good heartedness and yeah. generosity. And that's the terrible thing about it. So, you know, people need to be vigilant and need to be very, very careful. 
don't click on attachments when you open up these emails. If you're a bit suspicious, go up to the little arrow by the email and do, do the little drop down, see what the exact email is. You know, sometimes they're saying they're from a bank or from, you know, the post office or from, you know, a, a charity. But if you drop down, the email doesn't correspond to that particular charity's website at all. So just drop, drop down and have a look at the email properly, the actual full name of the email, just to make sure. And and you're right as well when you say the the way they phrase a lot of these scammers, criminals are they're not in Ireland. They're from they're overseas. In many yeah. cases, English isn't even their first language. Exactly. Their phrasing and their terminology. You know, if you read something, you know, you know, somebody wouldn't normally write it like that. So that that's always a good clue as well. So well done and well spotted and well spotted earlier. I have to ask you about your Facebook account though and what happened with your Facebook account. This is a completely separate issue now. Nothing, not related in any way to your email account. Tell us what happened. Yeah, and I mean, this was only, I I suppose, about maybe about a week and a half afterwards. Entirely separate and extremely rare, I've been told since. My Facebook account was hacked. Um, For them to do this, you know, they, they had to, you know, they had to... I have a lot of kind of extra kind of security steps on mine and I'm advising everybody to do it to make sure that you have, you know, the extra steps of email verification and phone verification. Make sure that you have a really strong password as well with upper and lowercase letters, numbers and symbols. I had all of those things, but I had an attempt previous to that and I think I went back to one of my easier passwords. I think that might be what what caught me. I went back to a simpler password. Either way, for some reason, last Thursday morning, I tried to log on to my Facebook and um, it told me that there was an attempt to log on from Ho Chi Minh City in China. Um, mm-hmm. And if this is not, you know, was this you, yes or no? So I, I pressed no. And I said, if, if, you know, please change your password. So I went to change my password. And the funny thing was, it normally asks, you know, you to check your email for a code, you know, the code. The yeah, email verification, verification the yeah. Steps, or the phone verification. It didn't. And I, I kind of I remember thinking, God, it's a bit strange. But I, I, I did it anyway. And straight away it said, you know, this account has been permanently deleted, you know, um, whatever. You know, and I was kind of, I was shocked. I said, this is this is wrong, you know. No, it, it, I think at that stage it just said I was permanent. I was locked out of my account, I think, at that stage. So I went to check my emails, Patricia, and I saw that there was a few attempts to change that morning. And it was giving me codes. But I never responded to any of those. However they did it, apparently it was quite sophisticated, but they eventually ended up, I don't know, and apparently it's a chance in multiple millions, but they got the password to coincide with the the email that's connected to my my Facebook and they managed to get into my Facebook and post some very, very, very unsavoury content. That, Um, that, That people who your Facebook friends were able to see? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, thank God, Facebook did move very, very swiftly on it. It was gone within a matter of, like, you know, it was gone before. You know, I was frantically trying to kind of regain access and even get into the health centre, but I was immediately locked out from everything on Facebook. Um, so, like, they did, they did what they had to do because apparently it was it was very, very graphic and violent content. Um, it was uh, actually it was they, they had posted up. The only thing that I actually managed to see was. When I was frantically trying to get back into my Facebook, I asked my 19-year-old daughter who has an account as well, I said, can you go in? She couldn't find me. It was already deleted. And I said, can you just go in and check on Messenger? And she went into Messenger and, you know, there was, uh, uh, you know, the little round icon that you normally have your picture, you know, the, the profile picture. Yeah. 
that had been changed um, to the flag of the Islamic State. Um, And at at this stage now, I was dealing with um, an IT person. I have, you know, just luckily I have the contacts. I I was dealing with somebody who was helping me and and liaising with Facebook for me. Um, And, you know, he said, yes, there's there's, there's, um, a terrorist organisation. That's the flag of a terrorist organisation, you know. So um, they had to shut it down immediately, whatever content had been posted. incredible. yeah, just incredible. But the, but the sting in the tail of this, I can absolutely understand why Facebook would, would close, to, you know, shut down material like that, so that nobody else gets to see it and all that. Then when you go back to Facebook to say, "Hi, this is me," you know, my account, everything's okay now. Give me back all my photographs, all my memories, all the information. They said no. Yeah, um, I, 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 you know, I, I when I got the email notification, I, I just, I was so. Kind of, you know, I had twelve years of memories and contact, and you know, there, there's so many little, you know, and commentary, and you know, like contacts abroad that I only, I don't have their 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 full home addresses. I, I contact them via email, and if they come to Ireland, then we we you know we link in and whatever. But you know, there would be some of them that my only contact with them would be through Facebook. So it was quite devastating, not even just from a public representative point of view for informing, you know, on community issues, for informing people, you know, but also on a personal, you know, platform that I'd lost my personal likes page was nearly worse because, it, it, you know, it's a scrapbook or, you know, it's a, it's a whole roadmap of your life over the last 12 years. And a lot of those private photos kind of are locked since I became a public rep, but they're there. Mm. And, you know, the thought of losing them was just, was just terrible. You know, it really was. And you ended up, I believe, having to get somebody from the IT section of the council involved. I was actually going to ring corporate affairs in in County Hall, yeah, and then um, I I decided to make contact with the IT um, security department in in Fianna Gael headquarters. Okay, and, and they, they got they got it sorted, you know, okay. because they, yeah, they have links. Oh, with, I, I, they would have the contacts there, and you know, I mean, thank God, you know, they were very good. They helped me out, and you know, but I, a I lesson, a lesson, and more valuable lessons to be learned. Back up your photographs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And all your contact details. (laughs) Make a note of all your contact details. Absolutely, Patricia. That's the one thing, you know, that I I, I did want to say. I'm glad you said it because it's it's really, really important that people realise, you know, it's an online platform, you know, but we don't have ownership of it. And, you know, it can be taken from you and you need to make sure that you have everything backed up. And it's I think so one important. one of the things with everybody in lockdown and I've seen and heard of more people who've been spending time sorting out through old photographs and, you know, cleaning out areas and they found a box with old photographs uh, in it. And sadly, because of social media, I think, and our smartphones, we're not printing photographs like we used to, which is a real shame because we won't be able to leave them on for future generations. And uh, and I think when, when I read and saw what had happened to you, it got me thinking, saying, yeah, I need to print off more photographs so that you actually have the actual copy of it as well. Okay, but it's you're back up and running. To do the same thing actually, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're back up and running, that's the main thing. Listen, Susan, thanks a million for that and uh, thanks for joining us on the programme this morning. Thank you, Patricia. Good morning to you. Bye-bye. That is uh, Middleton-based Fine Councillor Susan McCarthy. 
Cork Today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. Somebody's texted in saying, Patricia, could you call out again the Facebook page for the I'm saying ladies but there could be gentlemen involved as well who are sewing the masks for frontline workers in nursing homes they're giving them to funeral directors actually I was on their Facebook page la- last night and they're giving them out to uh, carers the group is called Masks for All Ireland so it's Masks the number four and All Ireland uh, and if you put it in and you'll be able to share you'll be able to get involved become one of the so the voluntary sewists they'll send you out the template for the masks or you can donate as well if because obviously they're looking for donations in order to buy the material and the elastic and the vice binding and everything else that they need in order to make the masks and you can also actually through that page if you are in a care setting and you need some of those masks they're giving the masks out uh, free of charge even though I have to say some places have been giving donations then so when they get the donations back in they're using that money to buy more material so they can go on and make more but it's masks the number four for all at our Get your gardening questions into us, please, because Peter Dowdell will join us after half past 12 to answer all of your gardening questions. And we also hear about a, we hear from a dad who remembers his son with an online musical event in aid of the Simon community that's happening this Saturday. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. Nick Richards plays Cork's greatest hits for your workday on C103. If you're looking for lockdown greatest hits, I got them. Culture Club. But you know you don't question success. You just go with it. Pink. If you have a light inside of you, then you need to shine it really, really bright right now. And Spandau Ballet. If I could go into space, I would. What's the name of your favourite radio station? C103. <laughs> Playing Cork's greatest hits while you work. Nick Richards. Weekdays from 1. C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. We've had an email into Patricia at C103.ie from Anne in Blarney. She said, just to tell your listeners who haven't been out and about and who've been abiding by all the restrictions and who haven't been driving their car, that they really need to go out every day and start their car for a few minutes because the battery will be dead due to lack of uh, use. Um, I'm assuming it's happened to Anne and that's why she's sharing the advice with us. I actually heard Conor Falkland from the AA saying they're biggest number of call-outs are for flat batteries. So that's a good piece of advice from Anne. Just turn the car over every day to make sure that the battery doesn't go dead just when you need to get into the car to go somewhere. We were talking about email scams in the last hour with Councillor Susan McCarthy. That's uh, prompted Phil and Yall to contact us. Good morning to you, Phil. Good morning, Patricia. And lovely speaking and, with you. And lovely to speak to you as well. You had somebody trying to looking for money from you last year. What, oh, what was had, the story? I had, uh, it would have been uh, just a little over 12 months ago. I got an email and it came from uh, it came from myself, which sometimes if I get an email, I would redirect it to myself. So that was nothing unusual. But when I opened it, it was... A, it was um, they were looking for, I don't know, it was seven or eight hundred. It was the dollar sign and to pay it in, by Bitcoin. Now, the letter was maybe eight or ten lines, uh, uh, sentences, but very broken English. Yeah. So I, I did nothing about it. But at the time, I was doing a computer course. Yeah. And we had a brilliant teacher and 
I was I was in an awful state because I you know you pay your uh, a lot of things uh, by email you know um, over the internet over the internet and that kind of thing. So I called to the bank and I called to the guards and the bank said there's a fraud section. So you don't think of those things. There was mm-hmm. a fraud section and I wouldn't have got la- I, now there was nothing taken. But going back to it, we had a I was doing a computer course. We had a brilliant teacher and I said it to her and she nearly gave a full section of the day going through all the things that you should do and shouldn't do. She was brilliant. Now, the first thing she said was, uh, Google. Do you know you could Google anything? Google, hmm. how secure is my password? Okay. Now, my password at the time was, there was nine letters and one number at the back of it. So I, we all went into our computers uh, at the desktop and I put in mine yeah. and what, uh, what popped up was a hacker could hack into it in nine seconds. Oh, with nine letters with and nine, nine letters. random letters. You weren't spelling yes. out a word. Oh, I was. I okay. Was. I was so you were spelling out a word and then there was a number at the end. A number at the end. And they reckoned and nine, in nine seconds. Nine seconds a hacker could get into it. So what she said was, <sighs> I have, I, Patricia, I have a password now and the only one that could get into it is Holy God. <laughs> How do you remember it though? Well, I have to write it down. Okay. Now, now I kind of know it. Do but you? At yeah. At the time, I do, I don't know how many passwords that I put in because I was, I said, you know, you say you'd remember it, but then you go in, you do something, you come back, and you say, was it this or was it that? But what she said was, uh, capital letters. Yeah. Uh, mix it up, capital letters, uh, small letters, numbers, yeah. and you know those symbols. Yeah. Yeah, like the the ash symbol or plus or yeah, yeah. yeah. So do you have so so how many how many how many letters and numbers are in your current password? I I think I don't know, the thirteen or fourteen. Oh wow, oh wow, it's good, it's good along, and it's a combination of it's a capital letters, small letters, numbers. Okay. And when I when when I put in the new one into this little pop up box. I don't know how many thousands of years to take a hacker. No, well that's, probably, well that's probably being exaggerated. But that gave, that gave you peace of mind. You, well, would, you would be surprised, um, Phil, the number of people who use their date of birth as their password. That's, that's another thing she said, even for your credit card. And you say you could be going the first two letters and the month or else the month and the year, you know, the last two. Never, ever, ever use your date of birth. Yeah, because that's the first Never. thing they're going to try. It is. It is, and if you go, if they go into your Facebook, they um, when you're when you're opening an account, it says give your date of birth. So yeah. they actually have it. They yeah. can pick yeah. it up. They yeah. can pick it up there, and then they don't even have to guess it. And these because. scammers are good at what they do. Oh, brilliant! Brilliant. Mm. So I, I always did, say it, especially if they don't use yeah. that intelligence level for something else. Well, exactly to for a good cause. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But so are you I, very careful now whenever you... Oh, I am. Yeah. I am. I am. And I actually put everything... If I don't recognise the person, I put it straight into the junk mail. And it, actually you can... Is it sweep? When you go into your email... Yeah. There's a sweep, you know where you have the delete button and all these buttons up in the top? There's yeah. There's one there and there's a sweep. And you can... I don't know which one you click. You can click... And they never you'll never again receive it. Oh, I know. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, um, Phil, how's lockdown going in you all? 
very good because I'm near the beach here. Uh, and you're lucky. This, but, yeah, uh, you're lucky. Anyone by anyone by the sea yeah, is is great. Yeah, and people yeah. are abiding by the the regulations, so which is they good, are. which yeah. is great to hear. Okay, listen, Phil. Good to talk you're to you. Very good. Thanks. And keep up the good work. Thanks a million. Keep up the good work. You're very Thanks. kind. Bye 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 bye, Phil. In y'all, we all need to look at our passwords. I must Google that this afternoon. I was unaware that you could Google. House. How secure is your password? Penny dinners. Oh, this is the collection. Angela Cantork. Thank you, Angela, for this. There's a collection for penny dinners going ahead in Newmarket and Cantork. It's happening not this Saturday, this following Saturday, Saturday week. A bus, a bus errand bus, will on Saturday the 9th of May arrive at 12.30 to Newmarket. And it will stay in Newmarket for one hour from 12.30 to 1.30. And then it will move on to Cantork and it will remain in Cantork until 2.30. And it is, it's a say, bus, air and bus, and it is a collection point for penny dinners. The collection point in Canturk will be the spa in Canturk and two weeks super value in Newmarket. Uh, collection points also are at super value Newmarket, the post office, Hannan's petrol station and market. Hannan's petrol station and market 18 on a Saturday only. I'm sorry, I, left it, I hadn't read that first. Okay, but basically it's, it's Saturday week, the 9th of May. This is, it's Bus Air and have teamed up with Petty Dinners. It's a f- terrific idea. They're basically sending a bus and they just want to fill the bus up with food. So non-perishable food items. Actually, we, we have been talking in the office. We just need, must get around to doing it to bring on Katrina from Penny Dinners just to see how they're they're getting on. I've been reading stuff in the paper. They're finding it really difficult at the moment trying to feed so many people and social distancing and, and all of that. And, and obviously all the fundraising has dried up for everybody, including Penny Dinners. So we'll get on to Katrina. Uh, maybe we'll do it next week so we'll be able to tee up and give a bit of publicity to that particular collection that's going on in North Cork. Okay, some of your texts coming into the programme and there's a lot of WhatsApps as well. Let me quickly run down through and catch up with some of them. Keep your gardening questions coming as well there. We'll put them aside for Peter. Noel says, Patricia, this is for the listener who was looking for, wondering would there be holy water outside churches to collect for May Eve and of course May Eve is tomorrow. Noel has been on to say you can get holy water outside the front door of Charleville Church so, and I don't know if that's suitable to the listener who had contacted us earlier because the listener contacted us earlier I don't know what part of the city or county they uh, are from but as with any of the parishes if you contact your local parish priest as well but Noel says that it will be holy water available front door of Charleville Church thank you for that we were talking about the moons and how the moons can the new moon and a full moon and how it can affect people's moods Michael says uh, Patricia the, on the following of the on the following of the moon and the tides we have a full moon on May the 7th. You watch the replies and the calls you will get to the programme three days before and three days afterwards. People become unbelievable. The wolves howl at the moon and uh, should I say quite a few of our two-legged wolves will also howl at the moon. There will be no amnesty by the way for a driving licence this time is the last time that happened. Everybody got licences they were on a provisional licence quite a number got their licence and they couldn't drive in the hens. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thanking you, says Michael in Castletown Bear. Stay on driving licence. John says, with my, when, with my licence expired this week, will there be a loophole for my insurance company to query the cover in the event of an accident? No, because we got that checked at the start when the department came out and said you could drive away on an expired licence until the end of, until they reopen the NDLS centres and the same with your M, with your NCT. You can drive away at the moment uh, until they all are back up and running and your insurance does not in any way get affected by it. Tim says when you were, when you were speculating 
speculating about places that might reopen once the we start to ease the restriction. All the places of businesses have been mentioned except country markets and farmers markets. Most of those are held in the open and have space for social distances, says uh, Tim. So wouldn't it be nice to see that go ahead? Well, marts were mentioned in kind of a mid-phase, which would be probably into June or July, they reckon. And they were saying that when there would be some further restriction on travel and that retail premises would open. They also said open marts may be able to recommence and I'm assuming open marts mean farmers markets. Again, it's all speculation. We'll have to wait and uh, see. And a listener to the lady who rang up and was very annoyed that a listener whose son or daughter has autism and they've got a letter allowing them to travel outside the two kilometre zone because of the young person with autism and she was annoyed saying there's one rule for everyone it should be the same for everyone including families with a child with autism. Somebody said obviously that lady doesn't know anything about people or children with autism. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Martin Infomoy says Hi Patricia, how can the lockdown be lifted? My neighbours had a house party recently and there were people there who don't live in that house at all. So the more people doing stupid things like that the longer we'll all be in lockdown. Stupid people, Patricia, says Martin in Fomoy. As somebody said yesterday, we'll get, we, we will one day get a vaccine for coronavirus, but unfortunately there will never be a vaccine for stupidity. We just have to live with that. Back to the moon. Anne says, tonight's moon is called a waxing crest. I have a very good weather app on my new phone. Also, I think some of the current restrictions should remain in place after May 5th and review them on a weekly basis. We haven't got the numbers for coronavirus. We don't have them under control enough. So leave them in place. OK, thank you for that. Thank you for the gardening questions that are coming in to me, including somebody telling me, oh, Boris Johnson has become a dad again. Um, he's just had a baby boy. How many children does that man have now? Thank you for that. Um in this oh this okay this is from my apologies that I'm backed up on WhatsApps and I'm only getting to them now we had a problem with WhatsApp it just seemed to, I don't know whether it was our internet went slow this morning and then the WhatsApp went down and then about 30 of them have all come in together so I'm trying to catch up with them now so my apologies if I'm reading these out of out of sequence to the time of the show but remember earlier when I had Helene on it was at the start of the programme wasn't it talking about her little eight-year-old little darling little boy Jamie and how he's dying he's at, he's at end of life and they're all cocooning at home keeping him safe and just trying to spend their last few days together that's prompted Nell to Nile, sorry Nile, to say morning Patricia in our present situation I keep hearing people saying that we're all in the same boat but everyone's situation is very different in the past seven days I have had a new grand nephew and a new grand niece and then I hear Helena's heartbreaking story in your programme this morning we may be in the same storm but we're certainly not all in the same boat says Neil in West Cork stay safe that's beautifully put uh, Neil thank you for that thank you and actually thank you to people who are taking time just to say that they're thinking of Helena and Jamie and that they'll offer up prayers um, uh, and that's as much as, as people can do so thank you for that and I know Helene and her family will very much appreciate that Nora has a different concern Hi Patricia enjoying your programme thank you I have an NCT booked for the 12th of May I'm just wondering will I get a refund or do I need to cancel and rebook if they are still closed I know they extended the NCT you're 
existing search for three months. I didn't get my car serviced as I'm not sure if I should wait till I know when it's going to go ahead. Just wondering what everybody else is doing. Thanking you for all of your uh, help. I don't think you're actually able to rebook at the moment. I don't think the system is available. I don't think they're taking any bookings because the NCT centres are closed. As for looking for a refund, the money won't have gone out of your account. I know you need to use your credit card or your debit card when you book the NCT, but the actual cost of the test goes out on the day you do the test so you certainly don't need to wait on a refund but if you go onto the NCT site now I haven't tried to book an NCT but I would assume you won't be able to rebook because they can't offer a rebooking because they don't know themselves when it's actually going to open up so just hang in there and wait and you're, you can drive around there's uh, no problem at all you're able to drive around no, no one's going to, to uh, stop you uh, Porrick in Glamworth says uh, Patricia I want to say that Governor and I are listening to Helena and uh, Governor heard Jamie and Governor had a big smile for him oh, that's uh, Podrick Moynihan in uh, Glamworth and his very special little daughter uh, Governor and I don't know do they are they would they be in school together because I know Jamie was going to school I don't know if he's going to it's the isn't it the Holy Family School in Charleville where Charleville where Governor goes thank you Porrick for that and I thought it was lovely to hear him uh, cooning it's got such a lovely gentle sign particularly when he's had such a bad night sleep and he was just coming out of uh, another heavy seizure God uh, help him Okay, uh, hi Trish, Tom here. Oh, the, okay, these are the texts that are coming in now about Alina. Tom here, uh, what a strong, strong lady. God love that little boy and his mam and dad. I just think though she summed up our lockdown. It's nothing really. It is nothing really compared to what some people like that are, are going through. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll keep them all in our thoughts and prayers. And someone says, Patricia, would you say hi to all the boys and girls from Kale, Kale, Kahula and all of the rest of the schools uh, uh, who should be having their confirmation today in Bantry? Uh, it's not happening now. It will happen one day, but yeah. And they would have had this day pencil penciled in on their diary and they would have been on the countdown uh, to it. Yeah, it's, but their their day will come. They, they will get their day uh, again for sure. Martin from Westcourt. Morning, Patricia. Uh, any news in relation to motor car tax during COVID-19? We currently have four cars parked up with six weeks now paying road tax on vehicles that are not out on the road. Our cars are all pre-08, so we're paying the higher road tax. Uh, all of our vehicles are 1.9 diesel so we've paid €360 Euro tax for no road use. Surely that's not fair. Any light or any up, any information or any update on this matter and how it affects a lot of people around the country, says Martin from West Cork. And I've uh, said it to John Paul and uh, to see if we can put a call through or send an email through another last time. We contacted them and it was to do with people who were renewing their car tax and people didn't want to renew their car tax because they, you know, they, they felt the car was off the road. Um, and what you needed to do there was you need to go to the guards to show that your car is off the road. But what you're saying is something different. You're looking for a refund. Haven't heard of any refund on car tax. There is a very small refund coming through on car insurance, but it's very, very small indeed. And we know there is to be a refund. Has anybody got a refund yet on their health insurance? Because we know all of the health providers have come out and they're giving pretty generous refunds compared to what the car insurance crowd are giving they're giving very small we gave I had an example of it yesterday if you from from Liberty Insurance were the first out if your car 
insurance was 700 euro you will get back 17 euro 50 cent is what they're offering back instead but I suppose their argument would be you're still using your car whereas with the health insurance you're barely able to use that at all 1850 if we get anything on that can't see before the closing programme we will bring it uh, to you and it is with a bit of a dilemma and again this has got to be affecting a number of people shoe shops Patricia question mark question mark any sign of them opening my three year old is due shoes and so is my eight year old and children's feet grow it, it, like that isn't even a case of or shall I go online and buy some children's feet need to be measured as well we're going to start having a problem with that the longer shoe shops closed I saw on a Facebook post Lines Shoe Shop in Mallow I thought did something very clever they put up a post you know obviously their shoes are still in the window and people are out having walks and you know you'll see people stopping still window shopping even though you can't get into the shop and they were saying I think to their Facebook page if there was a pair of shoes that you wanted you know they're trying to offer a click and collect kind of a service but that's okay for adults when you know your shoe size but if you've got a three year old who needs to be measured and an eight year old that needs to be measured now that's got to be affecting other people has anybody come up with a solution to that if so can you share it with us please 1850-333-103 and one final WhatsApp here. Patricia, it's unbelievable how dismissive the guests on for the Tonight Show last night were towards the man from the Czech Republic. He was explaining that his country has contained the virus better and are now starting to reopen compared to their neighbouring country, Austria. He pointed out that the spread reduced dramatically when everyone started wearing masks in public. Due to the delay in displaying symptoms, it makes perfect sense to wear some protection against droplet infection. One person, remember, at the end of the day, arrived in Ireland with the virus. That's all it took was one person. And a few weeks later, we've so many families trying to come to terms with the grief of the sudden death of their loved one. Surely any suggestion should be appreciated to get the country back to some kind of uh, normality. And I genuinely hand at heart do think that before we get completely out of lockdown in this country, I think we will. It will become our norm. Because if you look to other countries, that's what they're starting to do. And the countries with the most success are the ones that are forcing everyone out in public you don't have to wear them when you're at home but everybody who's out in public on the street in shops on buses and trains and trams and whatever other kind of transport they have everyone has everyone is wearing face masks they are the country absolutely the countries that are most uh, successful will it come in here I'm, I, I think it will I absolutely think it will uh, 1850 333 103 John Paul and Sadie taking your calls we are looking for your gardening questions Peter Dowdell will be joining us in a couple of minutes answering all of your gardening questions you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council supporting businesses supporting communities serving Cork Visit corkcoco.ie. Grow Mental Health Recovery. They've developed a six-week course entitled Creating Hope and Staying Positive in COVID-19. The programme contains tips and advice on how to deal with the pandemic over the next few weeks. This week's session is entitled Self-Care and New Challenge and it will be accessed through Grow's website www.com grow.ie and if you'd like more information on Grow you can telephone their information line is still open and available 1850 474 474 
And Dermanway Meals on Wheels, they're continuing to deliver meals to the older members of the community. They're also delivering in the Ballinine and Eskeen Drina Drimmer League areas. If anybody wants to avail of Meals on Wheels, or if you need your shopping done and delivered, call them 023 8868110. And Tim League listeners, if you need any help locally, Eamon is available at 086 while Jim Hayes or Ted will give a helping hand in the Roscarbury area, contact them on 87 Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. The Chihuahua Store is delivering by drone. Order online and leave out a full basin for next day delivery. Radio paints a picture, tells a story and delivers a message. C103 is here to inform and entertain during this difficult time. Many Cork businesses are still open and need to talk to their customers. We can help. Even with social distancing, we produce and broadcast radio ads safely every day. At C103, it's business as usual. So you can get back to business. Whether it's Chihuahua drone delivery or simple cost-effective advertising solutions, email us today, sales at c103.ie or see our website. No Chihuahuas were hurt in the making of this, produced purely with sound effects and the power of radio. With C103. Now, so many fundraising events have had to be cancelled due to the COVID-19 restrictions, but many people are coming up with ways to move their events online, including a walk that was due to be held over the May Bank Holiday weekend in memory of Conor O'Hagan and raising funds for the Simon community. Conor's dad, Kieran O'Hagan, uh, joins me to remember his son and to outline this musical event, which will happen on uh, Saturday. Uh, good afternoon to you, Kieran. Hi, Patricia. How are you doing? I'm very well, and, and you're very welcome uh, to the program. Um, I suppose before we talk about the event that you've got planned for this uh, Saturday, um, just talk to me and remind us a little bit about uh, Connor. Uh, he was born with a genetic condition that really affected him wasn't throughout his life. That's right. Yeah, he was born <clears throat> with a condition uh, 22Q. It, at the time, it was known as the George syndrome. It's uh, basically a, a genetic condition where one of the chromosomes, parts of a chromosome is missing. And um, <clears throat> it, uh, Connor was born with a number of holes in his heart. Um, he, he, <clears throat> he had some learning issues as he grew, he grew up from it. He had lots, lots and lots of issues. Um, he had a, a relatively, once he had all his operations and all his repairs, he had a, a relatively normal childhood as he sort of went into his teens. You know, things went starting to go badly wrong. You know, um, <clears throat> he, he he ended up suffering a lot of mental health issues and things like that. And then um, he things deteriorated when when he became an adult. And he, by the age of eighteen, he was he left home and he was drinking very heavily. And um, he he, um, he ended up living on the streets and. Um, he, he never, he never wanted to be classed, though. He never liked the word homeless. No, he didn't. That's absolutely right. You've got, you've got a good memory, uh, Patricia. You've done your, you've done your homework. He, he, he yeah, he, he always wanted to be known as a travelling man. Um, he, you know, he, he, 
when he was growing up and, and he knew he had this condition, he, he, he didn't want to be different from anybody else. He didn't want to be treated as different. He, he wanted to, to, to have a normal life and he, he, he wanted to do what everybody else did and he, he, he wouldn't ever accept, you know, that, 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 uh, that he had issues that, that were going to be a challenge to him or whatever. But no, absolutely, absolutely right. And he always looked upon himself. As and and, and music was a deep passion. Oh, absolutely, massively. Yeah, you know, from from um, from a young age, uh, he, he was always into his music, and and then um, from, from his, his teen years, he he um, he really got very much into heavy metal. He was he was what we call a metalhead. Um, so the, the music would often be banging out of his room. <laughs> You'd have to you know ask him to to turn it down a bit or whatever you know. But um, no. Um, um, yeah, absolutely. He, he loved his music. And, and, did, and he... did he did he make friends easily? I mean, he travelled. You know, he travelled around a lot with this nomadic lifestyle. But did he make friends he, wherever he went? He did. He, yeah. he, he was a, a lovely lad, a very gentle lad. Um, you know, he, he was always very polite and things. Obviously, yeah, lots and lots, lots and lots of issues. And he, he, if you've ever seen pictures of him, you know, in his later years, he, you know. He, Hair all very long hair all over the place. He had that hippie so, free spirit look. Absolutely, that's, that's, that's how that's I would describe him. That's exactly what he was. And, and, he did, he did and unfortunately, you you lost him when he was only twenty five. Is that what's that three four years ago now? Yeah, yeah, February two thousand. God help him. Yeah. God help him. Do you, do you and do you in some way now when you know when you sit and think and I'm sure there's a day goes by where you, where you don't think of your son. Do you think he's finally found peace? Uh, well, you, you would really hope so. Uh, you would really hope so. Uh, to be honest, I, I think he probably found peace in his in his in his last days. You know, um, there, was, there was there was definitely a peacefulness about him. Um, so yeah, yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. You know, obviously he's at rest and he's not tormented anymore. Um, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Hard for you and the rest of the family though to to. And how how are how are you and the rest of the family doing? Oh, you know. Very good. I'm, I'm very fortunate to be a very positive person in life. Um, so, you know, apart from the moments where you, you have to talk about it, oh, no. um, or you know, it, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely fine. I, the, the, the biggest worry that, that I always have is, you know, he's got a twin brother, um, Owen, and uh, you know, they were thick as thieves growing up. They were the best of mates, <clears throat> and um, hard on him. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, he, he, he he's getting on with his own life. He's doing brilliantly, you know, but like, Sundays would be Connor's 29th birthday. And, you know, Owen, Owen used to love his birthday, but now, you know, it, it, it's just it's difficult to, to love your birthday when, you know, you should be celebrating it. You know, you, you know there's somebody missing. Okay. Uh, obviously, the you, the walk you had planned uh, is off, but you you, you yeah. want you want to do something because it's an Adel Simon community, and God knows the Simon community need funds now uh, yeah. more than ever, particularly during this uh, current crisis that we're all uh, living through. You've got this live stream music tribute night that sounds like a great bit yeah. of fun. Tell me about that. Yeah. Well, you know, as I said, Connor loved his music, and, and when he was in Cork City, once he left home. Uh, my brother Jeff, who goes by the musical the, the name of KB Violet, Jeff's a, a singer songwriter. He used to play around Cork City, and he used to do open mic nights in Cork City. And Connor would often turn up at the 
at those nights, so he, he knew lots of Jeff's friends, um, other musicians, and so uh, we, we, there was a music, there was a musical, a music tribute for Connor uh, in the year that he died in, in Bradley's in Cork City, and a lot of these people turned turned up there to play for him. And then after the walk last year, um, several people came up from Cork, and people in Tullamore came in, and we had we had a music night for Con that night as well. And um, we thought, you know, what, why not try and do something like that online? So there's a number of people that attended attended those events are going to play. Um, and a number of the people that play at, at um, Scanlon's in Newmarket uh, on a on a well, they did when 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 it was open, open yeah. yeah. But there, there's a music that night there every every Thursday night, and there's, there's uh, several other people that play there. The all new Connor. Um, and and they're going to be playing. There's a couple of people uh, from someone from Tullamore. There's an old friend from uh, who's lived in Madrid now for maybe 15 years or more, and he's going to play. And then Con's sister Louise, who's not a musician, um, she she's going to she's going to sing. Okay, and songs. people people can log in on uh, the Facebook page, which is Connor's Walk. Or you can go to your own website, which is connor-walk.com. And the whole idea is going to be fa- fantastic music we can all enjoy on Saturday night. But if people want to click and donate, you can give a bit of money to the Simon community. So it's a, it's a, really, it's a really good cause as well. And it sounds like it's going to be a great fun night. We're all looking for something to different to do, especially on the weekend. Kieran, it's a pleasure as always to talk to you. Uh, stay, stay positive and stay safe. And thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks very much, Patricia. Good Thank afternoon you. to you. Bye-bye. Uh, Kieran O'Hagan, uh, remembering his lovely son, Connor. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. I'm calling on everyone to do what is asked of them, to be tolerant and compassionate, to think about each other before we think about ourselves. Your decisions will save lives. What may be an inconvenience for some will be life-saving for others. Stay strong, stay safe, and stay at home. Thank you very much. We live in challenging times. Look out for each other and stay safe. Be responsible. Follow COVID-19 guidelines and stay with us. We'll update you with the latest advice and measures from official sources. We're online, on your phone, smart speaker, and radio. C103. The World Health Organization has now upgraded the coronavirus to a worldwide pandemic. Here are some practical ways to protect yourself. Wash your hands properly and often. Cover your mouth and nose when you cough or sneeze. And dispose of used tissues. Disinfect frequently touched objects. Avoid close contact with people who are unwell. Don't touch your eyes, nose or mouth if your hands are not clean. And please follow travel advice from the Department of Foreign... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Fairs. This message is supported by Irwin's Pharmacy, Shandon Street, Mayfield and Toker. Always looking after your family. For coronavirus updates and information, stay listening to C103. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Cork Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 2103 103. And we're going to Peter Dowdell, the Irish com to answer as many of these questions as I can get to as possible. Good afternoon to you, Peter. To answer as many questions as possible anyway, Trish, we'll oh, give it a go. Okay, let's get straight in. Um, Peter, half my lilac tree and cherry blossom tree have completely died. Do I cut them back? Uh, yes, is the short answer. Without seeing them, it's hard to say, but I am seeing a lot. I've had a good few photographs of cherries in particular sent to me on Facebook where this is happening, where you can get bits of them dying back. Uh, without seeing it, as I say, it's impossible to say what's causing it, but it's, it's possibly something fungal. It could be canker. Uh, so the best course of action on either the lilac or the, the cherry would be to remove any of the disease growth, remove any infection and, and cut into the good growth because the, the, the fungal, the, the disease could be coming well into what still looks green if you know what I mean. So cut into the good growth, remove all of that. Don't dump it nearby. Don't dump it in your compost bin. Dump it off site. Uh, and don't leave any of the disease material, branches, leaves or anything like that around the base of the cherry tree or the lilac tree. Um, then what you do is drench the, 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 the soil around the tree and the wound where you did the pruning. Drench it with a solution of copper sulfate and water, which is a good broad spectrum organic fungicide. Um, and then feed it, feed, feed the tree with, I would use the, the Nature Safe Atlantic Seaweed Liquid one. Uh, and that's a re- probably the best of all of them to get to promote growth and to get growth growing, the Nature Safe Liquid Seaweed one. So you feed it, you treat the infection and you remove as much of the infection as possible. And then, Trish, you, you, you hope for the best, quite simply. Fing- fingers crossed. <laughs> OK, Phil yeah. says, uh, hi, uh, Patricia, could you please ask Peter, I have a campanula in a pot. I would like to put it on a wall. Can it be planted in any area? What advice would you have for me, please? I'm presuming that they mean the, the, the campanula muralis, which is, the, if you like, the wall campanula muralis. It's a, it's a very low-growing alpine or rockery one. It's the one you'd see, Trish, kind of growing in cottage garden walls all over the country, just come into flower now or very soon. Um, yes, you can plant it from a pot into a wall, but it, 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 you have to understand it needs to have something to establish into. So in other words, if you just put that onto a, a bit of concrete or a concrete hole, it's not going to survive. It needs to, like, realistically, the best way to get campanulas established in a wall is nearly from little seedlings where they're teeny tiny and, and then they find their own way. Uh, so if you, like, they will grow, where well, the question is, will they grow on any kind of, on any wall? They, they, yes and no, provided they're getting enough sunlight. They do like a lot of sun, full sun. If they're not getting full sun, they won't thrive. 
Uh, and then when you're putting it into the wall, just try and make sure you can put more soil into the wall, into the hole or into the crevice. Uh, and then, then yes, then put them in now and keep well watered. And remember during the summer that that is, it, it, that Campanula is, for, to all intents and purposes, still in a pot. So keep it very well watered. Yeah, because it could dry out. Okay, how many times do you earth potatoes every year, says the texter? Well, it's a, it's a, there's no cut and dry answer to that, if you like. You keep earthing up around the potatoes. So as your seed potato uh, emerges from the soil and it, and it grows higher, you keep earthing it up. Um, you know, I suppose at the moment when you could... And we could nearly be out there watching them because we have the time. You you could become a bit obsessed with them. But of a normal season, let's say, I'd certainly be out there once a week earthing them up over the growing season and may, maybe even twice a week. Um, so it does depend. It depends on the rate of growth. But I'd certainly be doing it once a week. Hi, this is from Mary and Kiss Game. Uh, I've got blue stone slash copper sulphate, but I don't have a sprayer. Can I sprinkle it around the base of my roses? Also, what's the dilution formula, please? It depends. The dilution for it depends on where you bought it and the strength of the, the, the active ingredient, the copper sulphate. So you'd have to find out where you bought it and ask them that. Uh, if you buy it in a garden centre where I can help you, so if you bought it in a garden centre uh, where it, it's sold as copper mixture, it looks like a white powder, dissolvable white powder, then the rate is 35 grams to a litre and a half of water. But I'm not sure the strength of the copper sulphate that you bought, if it's, if it's bluestone. So so anyway, um, can you spread, like, you, you, I've never used it, I've never just, if again, if it's as a dust, as copper mixture, yes, you can put the dust around dry. If it's as, as bluestone, I've never used it dry around the roses, but being honest with you, I don't imagine it's going to do too much harm. The only thing is, you, you don't want to, it is copper sulfate, so it is a metal, so you don't want to be putting it on too heavily. Um, I think you'll be. I think the correct advice there would be to to even if you don't have a spray or even a watering can, if you can, or even a bottle, uh, you know, just mix it with water at the correct rate um, and drench the soil because you don't want to be putting on too much copper onto the copper sulfate onto the ground. So, so you'd only have to have a sprayer, just mix it with water, even in a basin, just to dissolve it at the correct rate. So you're not putting on too much copper uh, and then put it on that way. And then you put it on the roses then. Hi, I want to ask, I have an Acer, which thrived for the last two years, but this year it's got lots of dead, brittle branches, which I broke off some of the remaining branches. When I broke it off, some of the remaining branches do look healthy. There even looks like an attempt at a bud, but I don't know whether to give up on it or not. I couldn't give up. Don't ever give up. <laughs> uh, again, without seeing it, it's a difficult one to answer, but it could be one of two things. Uh, it could be wind. So some of the acers, particularly the Japanese maples, are very, very susceptible to wind damage. They're very sensitive to any breeze at all. So that could do it. But if it's an established plant, if it's been there for several years or more, you'd have seen that before now. Um it sounds a bit more like it could be something fungal again. Now, if it's happened overnight, as the fellow says, fung- uh, uh, acers can suffer from a, it's kind of a root rot called verticillium wilt, which, in other words, if it was looking fine and then suddenly it went, uh, that could be the problem. Fusarium, it's called a verticillium wilt. Are, uh, failing that, I would give the same, the exact same advice. Uh, in other words, if it didn't do that, if it just it isn't thriving over a longer period of time, I'd give the same advice as to what I did for the cherry and the lilac. So remove all the infected growth, feed it with the nature safe, the Atlantic seaweed nature safe, 
uh, and and treat it with copper sulfate mixed with water to, to try and treat the fungal infection. But it's certainly I have seen this before, and, and I have the advice I've just given. I've done a million times on Japanese maples. And I would say a good 70 or 80% of them will come back. So I would definitely wouldn't give up on it. Okay, don't give up. Magella, P- Peter, what causes the flowers on a camellia plant to turn a foxy brown colour? See, what happens with the, with camellias is they set their buds last autumn for opening up this spring. So the camellia we're talking about here, Trish, it could have set its flower buds last August. And those buds have remained on the, 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 the shrub all the way till now and they start opening up now. So... What happens is one of two things. The buds, obviously during that period, we've had quite a, well, we haven't had too many, but we've had some frosts in that period. And if the if the camellia is facing in the wrong direction, in other words, if it's getting full sun, what happens is the sun, as it comes up first thing in the morning, actually it melts that frost too quickly. It burns the, the bud, if you like, so that when that flower opens, it opens, the petals have already been burnt. Um, it's most likely to be that. The second possibility is that uh, the, the 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 bud opened correctly, but then it's both the same problem, both the wrong aspect that the the bud could have opened correctly and then got burnt by being being facing south or facing east. So, uh, whichever one is at uh, whichever one, in other words, the bud was either burnt before it opened or after it opened, but the the cause is the same. It's the wrong aspect, I'm afraid. It doesn't. The camellias will take full sun, but really in the evening. So facing west is ideal for them. Facing east or facing south isn't, and that's that's what's caused it. Okay, and a final one okay. in saying a hi, Patricia and Peter. In spite of the beautiful spell of weather recently, I've noticed the absence of bees compared to other years when my garden would normally be buzzing with them. So many beautiful apple and fruit tree blossoms. I wonder why this is. What does Peter think? Are you seeing less well, bees? Well, we know why it is. Yeah, well, well, funnily enough, I hadn't thought so this year. I thought I'd actually seen a bit more, particularly the hoverflies. But we know what's causing it. It's 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 colony collapse from increased the, the varroa mite is part of it. Uh, increased use of of horrible garden pesticides and chemicals, which is killing the bees, which is in effect killing ourselves. And I think it, I was listening to like everybody, like the whole country. I was listening to somebody on the news the other day, and they were explaining that the coronavirus molecule is two hundredth millionths of a millimeter. And I'm thinking. If something so infinitesimally small, Trish, can stop the world, we now need to realise that every piece of the jigsaw is important and we need to stop spraying chemicals. And just because we might be damaging something in the garden, even just because we can't see it or we think, oh, that's only tiny, that won't matter. I think this is proving that everything out there matters. Um, we really need to pay attention to what we're doing in the garden. Absolutely. Listen, you look after yourself, stay safe and we'll speak again next week. And you. Thanks, Trish. Thanks a million. That is uh, Peter Dowdle, theirishgardener.com. That's where I leave you for today. Thanks to John Paul and to Sadie for taking your calls. We're back with you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock on to the night, Patricia Messenger. Uh, a very good afternoon. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. Get weekly news, event updates and community information from across Cork with our regional reports on c103.ie. From Bantry to Buttevant to Hallow to Dunmanway and every area in between, we've got it covered. To listen, go to c103.ie and click Regional Reports or download the C103 app and click Podcasts. Regional Reports, only on C103. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.